0: Hello, and welcome to Exploring the Blank Page, a podcast for readers and writers of young adult fiction. I'm host Emily Hendricks, writer of YA sci-fi and fantasy, and my co-host is Kristen Crum, author of the YA rom-com, It Happened at Christmas. The Blank Page is where we all start, published or not, and we're excited to share stories that inspire your writing or influence your next book choice. Now let's
1: get to the episode. Welcome back to Exploring the Blank Page. I absolutely loved this episode today. We have CJ Redwine and Mary Weber, who in their own rights are amazing authors, but they also have this amazing writing resource and writing community in the Writer Sanctuary and the Red Herring Society. And in this episode, we just kind of fall down this rabbit hole of the amazingness that is CJ and Mary yeah you guys are not
0: ready they just i mean i think i always say that but really really <laughs> um i mean there's just so much wisdom in what they both share uh whether it's about their society their secret society yes we talk about that a little bit um or just man coming as two very powerful women in the industry who have just pooled their resources to create um Just something even better, I think, than I think they would agree than what they could have done on their own. So I think it's just really, really encouraging, very inspiring um, just to hear them talk about their business and what they've got coming up. So make sure that you guys listen all the way to the end, because we talk about some really cool things, even in the lightning round, (laughs) Um, because they're just like dropping wisdom bombs everywhere. And you guys are going to be so, so blessed by
1: this, I think. So enjoy this chat with Mary and CJ. Well, Mary, CJ, hi. Welcome to the podcast. We are so glad that you're here today. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're super happy to be here. Yeah. So to get our chat started, we would love for you guys to share a little bit more about yourselves and then how um, your writing journey so far.
2: <laughs> CJ, okay. I'll
1: let you go first. <laughs> oh, you'll let
2: me. Thank you. Oh, so yeah, much you're for welcome. That. Okay. So the, the official bio, I suppose, the fancy bio is that I am a New York Times bestselling author, public speaker, marketing consultant, and coach with 12 years of experience teaching in all areas of creative writing and publishing and marketing. And I'm super passionate about helping writers level up their skills and their careers. And then the unofficial more interesting, I think, bio, is that I am a diehard fan of going to the movies. I, I have very strong opinions about comic books. I keep a six-foot-tall, low-key figure in my office, signed by Tom Hiddleston himself. Thank you very much. And I will die on the hill of Batman being better than Superman. Um, yeah, so if you want to really get at me going, ask me some questions about that, and I'll keep you there for as long as you're willing to listen.
0: Love it. (laughs) We're there with you on the movies and everything. Yeah. And what about you, Mary? COVID was the end of CJ's
3: social life for a very long time. So
2: (laughs) you're assuming I really had one beforehand. I didn't say I went to the movies with people.
3: Um, So, uh, yes, I'm Mary. Um, I write or ghostwrite adult, teen, and nonfiction books. And um, under my own name, I currently have six books out with HarperCollins. Um, Multiple of those are bestsellers. Uh, In my day job, I'm a marketing strategist and career consultant for everyone from New York Times bestselling authors to big five publishers to newbie authors and small businesses. And I do everything with them from branding, publicity, editing, and um coaching. Um I'm also obviously the co owner and probably the more evil half of the writer sanctuary. At least I think that that's what CJ would like to believe. Um so there's, there's that. Probably <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So I, you know, CJ has this really fun like bio of like talk to her about Marvel and all this stuff. And I'm I think I tend to be more like um I'm a, kind of an introvert so I'm like talk to me about how to torment CJ and I have a million ideas for you. So that's 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 the enjoyment of my life. But I also do love movies and television. My whole family at the moment is traumatized by me because at the end of the day lately I will come in and I will sit down and I will watch Dr. Pimple Popper or Hoarders and they are like <laughs> no the room will clear so fast and I'm just like what? It's like <laughs> soothing and apparently I'm the only person that finds that my um, my, son, borders, my, so. my son walked through the other day, looked at the TV, and I kid you not, he walked over to the sink and started gacking.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I was like, Aww. I have I have successfully done my job at parenting adult yes. children.
2: <laughs> but you've also discovered the key to getting alone time in a busy household. Exactly and that right. cannot be overstated. <laughs> That's right? true.
3: Yeah. It's no, golden. I want, add,
2: I want to add. I should a write a book too. on that. You should. You should we should write an, an advice book, right? That's parenting right. advice. All you need is a TV and some disgusting shows and you're all set.
3: That's right. Whether you're parenting <laughs> small children, children or adults.
2: Because I'm gonna add how we met because she oh, yeah, mentioned yes. she mentioned torturing me. And it's it that's how our origin story begins. And the fact that I keep coming back for more is on me, honestly, at this point. I'm an adult. I own my choices. But um, between Mary and I, we've got 15 books published and multiple anthologies and ghost written books are published and all kinds of stuff. But back in the day, Baby CJ had, I think, two books out at the time and Baby Mary had her first book coming out, which I had blurbed. I had given an endorsement for the book. I loved it. Um, still do love it. it was, it's awesome. And her um, publisher had her actually fly out to Nashville to do I don't know marketing meetings or something. She can tell you. I'm sure it was exciting. But what they did is they. <laughs> hey, say, hey. It, it was
3: a sales conference. I was okay. I was like their keynote office. man.
2: <laughs> okay, so it was it was very you know fancy,
3: very prestigious. And
2: I lived in Nashville at the time, so they thought, hey, why don't we put the two of them together? And it would be fine to put the two of them together and have a conversation. But that's not very exciting. So why don't we have them play Bean Boozled, which is that game with the the, like the jelly beans. And they're all it's like half of them are good and half of them are just traumatizing. It's wrong. And I agreed to it because I'm up for anything. And she showed up dressed in a whoopee cushion. And I was like, nobody told me that I was supposed to wear a costume. I felt so overdressed for the occasion. But we bonded over me telling her to stop breathing. because <laughs> She had stunk deli beat. It was terrible. You can find the video on YouTube. It's still there. Um, but that's how we met. And we became friends. We connected. And then she came back out to Nashville for a conference of some kind and let me know that she was going to be there and said, hey, you know, do you want to meet for breakfast, half an hour or something like that? And I said, sure. And we sat down to talk at breakfast and I don't know, Mary, how many hours later? I think it was three.
3: I think it was three before you had an appointment. Oh, I found my
2: person. You know how that, like when you have that conversation and it just flows effortlessly and then you're really sad that you have other engagements to go to because you could spend a whole day. Mm -hmm. So then we discovered we were each other's person and the rest. And we have raised hell
3: ever since.
2: (laughs) I love it. I have been tortured regularly ever since. Yes.
0: Yes. By your choice. (laughs) (laughs) It is my choice.
2: Most of the time, not always.
0: Right. Right.
2: Oh, I love it.
3: So, so with that in though, let's continue there, CJ, is that after, let's see. So it was probably a couple years later where, um, she approached me and said, you know, I have this business called the writer sanctuary and I maxed out as far as what I can do as a single, as an individual person. So what would you think about joining me in that? And so, um, at the time she was doing, I think two writing retreats a year and, um, One. one writing retreat a year. And, um, so she brought me on and we started doing two writing retreats a year. And of course that's morphed. Now we're doing this year, we're taking a bunch of I think 25, 30 writers to Scotland for a week and doing a big writing retreat over there. And, um, you know, aside from our own speaking and teaching at conferences and, but we have, um, gosh, at this point, I think we were looking at it the other day and we're like, okay, we have 20 years of experience between us. Um, we have now worked with Hollywood film producers, indie authors, you know, baby authors, internationally best-selling authors, multi-million dollar entrepreneurs. So it's just kind of morphed into this really fun business where we get to empower people and have fun with people and create a, just this Bizarre community that we absolutely love, and bizar- by bizarre I mean it's like you know, writers. We're all a bunch of misfits, and so we all get together, and we're like, we have all found our people, and we're all a little weird, and so we absolutely love it.
0: I love that, and I, I mean we're super excited to talk to you guys about the Writer Sanctuary. Um, but right before we get to that, we're curious here because it's in our name the blank page podcast. We'd love to get a little bit into the nitty gritty of you two as writers before we even talk about you guys merging. Cause I'm so curious to see how it kind of started. Obviously we've seen the formation of your friendship. So how did that, how did that happen then for you as writers starting off as like approaching the blank page individually Mm -hmm. and then coming together to teach that, um, basically, in a sense, (laughs) to the people who join the writer sanctuary, and your secret society and things like that. So maybe let's start with Mary, just because you were talking there. And tell us a little bit about kind of like your process as a writer. And then maybe we can transition to CJ. And then and then I want to see like kind of how that either meshes or maybe doesn't mesh together. (laughs) um
3: so you know for me when I started out writing I obviously as all writers I would say didn't know what I was doing most of us don't and I hope I I know a little more now but I remember I felt like back then my I was asked this this question around the time of writing my first book or maybe my first book was published and my response literally was I approached the blank page with panic like sheer utter panic and I would freeze and it would take me two hours of psyching myself up to be in the mood. I also remember um, going through a season where it was like, I could only write if the muse was there, right? Like it was, it was just a very emotional led thing until I got to a point where I was on book deadline. And at that point, none of that was going to work for me because panic only takes me so far. Procrastination only takes me so far. And, um, and so what I ended up doing is just really having to dive into the nuts and bolts of the craft of writing. And I had hired a writing mentor. She mentored me for a year and a half, um, just where I would just send her stuff and she would, you know, send me notes back. But then she also really was fantastic at just coaching me at the process of, okay, here's how you approach this. So at this point in my career, um, because, if you're if you're making a career out of writing, I and we tell our, you know, our community this all the time, is there's only so much, so much of the blank page that you can stare at before you have to actually grab hold of it and just jump in, right? You dive in because otherwise you're not going to get anything written and your publisher isn't gonna be happy with you and you're not gonna be able to put out the books that that you've committed to. So at this point, um, you know, my method is pretty much that I just prepare as much ahead of time as possible. And then I call it switching my brain into just write badly mode. So it's like, I just tell myself, you can write, you're going to write badly. You're going to write as badly as possible, but you have to put down as much words as possible just to sit down and do it but then I also give myself a time frame. I do not do well if I just think I have to write all day or I have to actually produce a certain amount of good words. So my thing is, is I will tell myself you only have to write for an hour or maybe it's two hours, but that's my time limit. I never tell myself beyond two hours. This is all you have to do. You're going to sit down. And even if you are sitting there and you write and delete and write and delete, that's fine. You just have to write. So for me, what I've discovered is that takes a lot of the pressure off of, especially being a perfectionist. And I know a lot of writers that we work with are perfectionists. It makes it a lot easier just to simply go, okay, like, let's let go of that perfectionism, switch to a different side, the creative side of my brain, and just let it go. So that's how I do it um, at this point. Mm -hmm. CJ, how about you? (laughs)
2: Um like you, my process has really evolved over time. And I think that that's so valuable. You know, you asked how we teach this to other people. And I'll get to that in a minute. But part of being able to teach to other people is having the experience to see how my process has evolved. And sometimes how one book is different from another in how it comes into to being. And so really internalizing over the years that there's no one right way to produce Mm -hmm. a book as long as you produce the book because you know there's there's so many paths forward and what works for one person might not work for another but you can you can take wisdom from a lot of different people so when I started um I was just basically like a like a little agent of chaos I did not feel fear when I came to the blank page but I also didn't feel that there were any there were no boundaries or restraints. I was just sure. vomiting words, heedless of the consequences. And I often would write myself into corners. And then I'd be like, now what do I do? I've <laughs> pantsed myself into a wall. You know, I was a pantser rather than a plotter, as we say. And and I I felt such resistance to the idea of plotting. I felt like that would steal my creativity and it would take away my momentum. And I wanted to discover the story as I went along and I got you know, frustrated at the insinuation that maybe I needed to have structure in place before I started because I was afraid that it was going to ruin my imagination. And so, um, like Mary, when I encountered deadlines, I went, oh, This sort of willy-nilly, let's just throw everything out there and just kind of figure it out and then go back and fix it. And it's okay if you accidentally, you know, hit your climax at 30,000 words and still needed to write another 50, you'll figure it out. That doesn't work when you have to make a living and you have to turn things in on time. So I started to gently apply structure. I started to write a synopsis beforehand that just tried to figure out where is the world and the characters when the story starts and why, what is the inciting incident and then, what are some big game changing moments I can aim at? And then, how does it end? And really understanding those big pieces really helped me because then I could just play connect the dots as I wrote. And it was my imagination was still free. I wasn't bored with the story, I was able to move forward and do it. So, I did that for a while. And then I got to a point where I felt so immersed in story structure because I've been doing this for so many years and I've been teaching it for so many years and editing. That I could sit down and look at a premise and immediately say, "Oh, okay, this is how it fits. Here's where the pieces go. And I might not know every little twist, but I can see so much of the story structure now before I start that you could call it an outline. It's not going to look like that. It looks like a list of bullet points, but now I write a synopsis and then I do scene bullet points and I just do up to the point that I can see. Sometimes I can see three quarters of the way in. Sometimes I can only see six chapters. And then by the time I get to that sixth one, I can see another you know, five or six chapters. But how we've then translated that into, into working together because we co-write together and then into teaching, a lot of that has to do with our cultivating a sense of curiosity and openness to a lot of different methods and being very honoring towards the people that we are working with about what their process is and what their vision is. And our job is not to come in and co-opt anything. Our job is to build the skills and the tools in each writer to allow them to see their vision come true on the page in the way that works best for them. We both have a, a background in education. We both have teaching experience be- before we came to publishing, and that has certainly helped quite a bit in learning how to break things down into the type of webinars that make people feel empowered, educated, and inspired in 45 minutes or less, and that's that's what we do every month um, with our teachings. And then with co-writing, it's been such an interesting journey because we are we are very similar in our approach to story structure, but we're very different in our approach to writing. I tend to write faster and Mary tends to write slower, but at the same time, we both bring like something, a a little bit of a different spark to the page. So I might bring, I bring a lot of dialogue. I'll write pieces of dialogue that are, you know, 10 scenes away. And I'm like, I don't know where we want to use this, but here I've got this. And she comes in there and she's going, okay, but here's how I see this family dynamic. And here's how I see this emotional component. And here's how this needs to work. So I think playing to each other's strengths, it's what we do in our business. It's what we do in writing and in our friendship, except for when she made me fried chicken candy, that was unfair (laughs) and wrong. But other than that, other than that one glaring instance, We have a lot of respect for each other and for each other's (laughs) strengths. And we just allow each other to shine in the places where we know we shine. Mm -hmm.
3: So essentially what CJ is saying is that she owns a t-shirt that says agent of chaos. And I own a t-shirt that says agent of perfectionism. And somehow, (laughs) somehow those work together, but she's right. Those come up not just in our own writing and in our teachings, but you can see them even in the way that we run our business, where there's certain things where automatically I just hand it to her because I'm like, you can do this faster. There's other things where she'll, she'll hand it to me and go, I know that you're going to be really picky about this. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. let you go ahead and do your thing <laughs> because And I'm like, you know me so well because that was driving me nuts. So, um, and and somehow it works. But I think because of that dynamic, um, it, it makes it even easier, I think, when we when we do work with clients, and we do work with writer sanctuary and coaching, because that community, we know that we're so different. And yet, we can make things work together. I think that's how we approach the community is, you can be as different from us. You know, we're different, you can be as different as you need to be. And yet, we're still going to find a way to get you there. And For us, I would say one of our biggest things is we always talk about, you know, the power of the pivot and just the ability to pivot when something new comes at you or when, uh, you know, a story needs to be written a different way or marketing is changing. Um, But the learning the ability to be able to pivot and um, is always going to empower people to move forward. And so that's something that we really work with the community and encourage them in as well is that you're never stuck you're always just presented with an opportunity to pivot. And so let us help you figure out what that pivot's gonna look like today.
1: Mm, that's good. I love it. Um, speaking of business, let's talk a little bit about the writer's sanctuary. Um, I remember, it's been a few years, but I stumbled across the Writer sanctuary. I'm like, this is amazing. This is brilliant. And then I wanna say it was a couple months ago, but I know it's probably been a lot longer than that. I have no sense of time but when you guys announced the red herring society i was like super excited because it's like oh my gosh it's like it's like tolkien and lewis's inklings but not <laughs> so we would love for you guys to share a little bit about what you're doing and why you created the writer sanctuary and what your vision for it is
2: okay well i'll start here because i created the writer sanctuary in 2013 Because I couldn't find the community that I wanted. It didn't exist. I really, I I had this vision for a community of writers at every stage of the publication journey who could build relationships together and be supportive of each other and learn along the way, but also just be be friends, be cheerleaders, be beta readers and critique partners. And that there wouldn't be this sort of... um, Segregation based on whether or not you were published, whether or not you were indie published, how many books you have, none of that matters. Everybody's on the same ladder. You might be on a different rung, but you can't claim you're on a different ladder. It's ridiculous. So I didn't see that sort of um, welcoming community that I was really looking for that also had that component of teaching that I knew I had the experience to bring to the table. And so I just thought well if it if it's not there why don't you just make it yourself. So I did. And I built that for a while and I could see all the places it could go. But I I knew that alone I couldn't do that. And it, we had a really when Mary and I had a conversation about it. I had thought about it for a while cuz you know it's one thing to be friends, <laughs> it's another thing to have your financial futures tied together. You have to be really careful about that, You're really intentional about that. But again, Mary and I both have, we have very similar strengths in some respects, which is helpful, but we also have different strengths and we respect those strengths. And I, I felt like this is probably going to be a good partnership, but I approached it with her saying, listen, if you hate this or if this doesn't work, let's have a trial period and it's okay if it doesn't work. But here's what I'm thinking. Here's where I think that the business could go. And I can cast vision and I can see five years ahead how we can turn this into something that's even more amazing, but I can't get there myself. And Mary and I both share a really strong work ethic. We actually were talking about this on the phone yesterday that we actually have to intentionally turn that off to allow ourselves to relax. Otherwise we could just keep going, keep going like the Energizer bunny. And so we had a long talk about it because we didn't want to jump into something where we jeopardized our friendship. Mary asked really good questions. Um, And some of it, I was like, I don't know, like, let's talk about that. What does that look like? Because for me, one thing that was really important was that I, yes, it was my baby. But as soon as she came on, it was our baby. There could not be any sense of, okay, I'm telling you what to do, because this is the thing I made. The second she joined on board in 2018, it became our thing, our thing that we made. What it is now is because Mary and I were together. If we were working on this separately, it wouldn't look like this. It would look like mm-hmm. something completely different. But you look at it now, and we have international destination retreats. We have domestic retreats. We have monthly webinars. We have a a, a secret society club for writers. We've got a yearly publishing uh, conference where we we had some incredible incredible speakers. Number one, international best selling <laughs> authors, best selling indie authors. All of the things that it's all, if you could see behind the scenes in the planning sessions, it's literally, oh, I know this person. Oh, I know this person. Oh, what if we did this? Oh, I was thinking this. And it just melds until we get to a point where we can't remember whose idea was whose. It's just ours.
0: I love that go Ahead, Mary. I want to hear your side of it too. <laughs> I was gonna ask another question. I was like, wait, let's like, let well, her... actually, yeah. my experience was different.
3: <laughs> no,
0: I I mean CJ,
3: CJ said it perfectly. So I don't I don't know that there's much to add there other than just um I think that really she was she was spot on when she talked about the heart of it coming from that that place of saying, what do I wish existed that didn't exist? And I had already been approaching aspects of my career in the same way and, um, and working with authors. Um, but just, you know, on a side side, you know, I guess business or note or something, but for me, that's what I kept going back to. And, and so when she said, Hey, what would you think about this? It was like, yes. And can we both agree that let's turn this into something that our whole careers that we had kept saying, I wish this had existed, right? I wish that there had been a one-stop shop, so to speak, that existed that could teach me through a webinar or through a community or through, you know, a secret society how to do marketing or how to brand myself. And um, I wish there was something that existed where it was a community that I could tap into for resources and say, hey, is this normal? Is this not normal? You know, um, can I ask a question about agents or publishers? I wish something had existed where I could say, uh, you know, I'm frustrated. I don't know how to get past this writer's block or something as simple as just saying, Hey, my life feels chaotic and I'm feeling left behind in the writing world. Is that normal? Um, Or, you know, I'm the world's slowest writer, you, you know, like how do you guys deal with that? I wish that those types of things had existed throughout my career because it felt like I spent a lot of years, and I know CJ did the same, where we were trying to figure those things out alone. And you're just trying to, especially for people that don't don't have an agent yet. We were figuring those out with our agents. But you know, our agents was there to coach us. But for the people that didn't even have that opportunity or even right now don't have the opportunity, where do they go to really get wise, helpful information that is industry specific, that's behind the scenes? And so that's really been our goal is. Anything that we learn, anything that we get, our people, especially our Red Herring Society, you know, the secret society, like they're, they're, they're the first to know. Like you guys get this info first. If we are hearing something industry-wise from our agent or our publisher, we're going to hop right in and pass it on to them because our passion is, is to kind of pull off that um. Last ceiling, you know, that authors look up and look through and they wish, you know, or hope that someday they'll be there like all the upper echelon. Our goal with that is just to break that and go, there's, you know, there's no layers here, there's no levels here. It's just a matter of where you happen to be in this season. And so if we get information, we're going to share it with you, but also let us help walk you through each of these steps and what that looks like, because everybody's journey is a little bit different, but we've, we've paved enough of the way, you know, at least in our own careers to be able to say, Hey, this is what you should not do. It's a waste of your time. And this is what you might try to do because it's going to affect everything. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of our heart behind it.
0: I love that. Well, and it's funny because actually we've recorded pretty much our entire season already. And a theme that we did not foresee coming was pretty much every author recommending, you know, be part of community, which we totally agree. And is something we've talked about, um, in pre- previous seasons as well, but I just love it that you guys have already, you're, you're there, you're creating it. It's happening. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the red herring society without breaking that secret, uh, <laughs> you know, the wall there <laughs> just so that we can get our listeners excited about it. We can send them over to you guys after we're done. Like we'll have all, the links and everything, but, um, yeah, tell us what, I mean, you've already given a little bit of a clue of like what they're going to hear there. Um, but what else goes on there that (laughs) this, this was a, this was our, our baby born, you know, last
3: fall that we, that we actually launched this January of 2023, but it was kind of something that had been on both of our hearts of, we have our broader writer sanctuary community that we are so committed to. And we absolutely love, but we also wanted something that had a little more intimacy. To see where people could get more mentorship and coaching if they needed it, and also that they would have the the types of connections that maybe they need. They're not just associated with it, but actually, like this is their place. You know, these are their people, and so that's what we wanted: is just a a society where people could be a part of it and go, okay, this this is my home, this is my writing home, and so that's really what we created through it. And so, um, with them, they get, uh, not only do they get access to everything we do with writer sanctuary, as far as our monthly teachings and those types of things, um, they get access to those for free, but they also then get bonus material, bonus content, bonus, you know, um, sessions, for instance, um, in February, we did our annual Juniper conference, which is open to everybody. Um, Anybody can sign up. But for our Red Herring Society members, they got a private session um, the night before the conference started. Of course, it's all virtual online, but they got a private session with um, a well-known literary agent. And the literary agent came in, they read their queries anonymously that they all got to send in and gave critiques and feedback. And then, of course, they have direct access to now query that agent whenever they're ready to do so. And, um, but so we just bring in special stuff like that where they get extra coaching, extra teaching, um, along with that, you know, we have a private Facebook group. And so with that, um, we have areas where if people are looking for critique partners, um, they can sign up and, um, and, and make connections there with no obligation. You know, if they're like, okay, this isn't the one for me, it reminds me a little bit of better help, you know, like where they're like, you can change therapists (laughs) at any time. Well, you can change, you can change your critique partner if you need to. But um, everything I would just say is no obligation. It's just a matter of we're here for you. How can we support you? And so they do get insider access onto industry information that um, we may not be giving out to just the general public or the broader writer sanctuary. Um, we do writing sprints. So twice a month we they they have the opportunity to hop online and we do an hour writing session um, all together. And then, of course, they have opportunities like getting published in our anthology, getting published in our monthly newsletter. Um, we do giveaways every month. So um, one month they'll get, uh, you know, Red Herring Society Secret Swag. Another month they're getting, um, let's see, they got someone got a um, a logo made for them. Um, so it's it's just the goal is just to have fun. And, but like I said, to feel like it's your place where at the end of the day, you can come home and just see your people and be with your people and, and chat and eat
1: cake. (laughs) I approve the cake. Yes. So speaking of your teachings, you guys have an upcoming course with the Writer's Century called Lux that's coming up in the next few weeks. That's all about marketing. And you guys have called it the last marketing course you'll ever need, which sounds amazing. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect from this course? And who exactly would this course be like perfect for?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, This course is something that we have been talking about for a really long time, at least a year, maybe more than a year, I'm not sure. But um, one of the things that we do is we have a lot of fun things in the pipeline, a lot of ideas, but until we're sure that we can really over deliver on the value, then we don't do it, we make sure that we are all set to really um, put the writer sanctuary stamp on it and have it be super high quality and so We kept getting lots and lots of questions about marketing from our clients, from our Red Herring Society members, from our Instagram followers. And what what kind of came up as a theme was this sense of being overwhelmed. Like there's so much information coming at me and I don't know how to pick through this and figure out what's good, what's bad, what do I actually have to do? to have a a standout author brand before I'm published? What do I have to do to sell books after I'm published? How do I use TikTok or Facebook or Instagram to my best advantage? Is there something I'm missing on this? Does my website actually draw in readers? You know, everybody talks about having a funnel. What is that? How do I do that? All of these questions. And we finally, we sat down and we said, we have the answers to all of this. Because one of the things that we do is We are constantly learning ourselves from other experts in the industry. Outside of publishing, we both learn from uh, movers and shakers in the business world. And so we said, what if we just took all of that information and synthesized it down into a a course that would be thorough, hands-on training with every step of creating a standout author brand and effectively using social media And we included the strong mentorship component to it so that it wasn't just somebody saying, hey, here's what you do. But it was like, okay, here's how you use TikTok to build an author brand if you decide to use TikTok. Now, we're going to teach you how to do this. And then we're all going to put our cameras on mute and we're all going to, or our our mics on mute, and we're all going to do it. Let's all make a TikTok Mm -hmm. and just, you know, bite the (laughs) bullet. It's like when you're facing that. That blank page, and you're afraid of it. And you finally start writing, and you get a paragraph down, and you go, Oh, I didn't die. I'm still here. Everything is okay. And I can do this. And that's what we wanted to do. Our heart was really to give writers confidence at any stage in their career because you can start marketing and building a brand before you're published. And in fact, the more you do that, the more publishable you are because agents and publishers are always going to go and look up your social media. And see what kind of platform you have, what kind of reach you have, what kind of engagement you have. And if you choose an indie publishing path, which we love, it becomes even more important because you don't have somebody else flexing that marketing arm for you in any way and getting you distribution or anything. You've got to do it yourself. And there are a lot of really great paths forward there. So we thought, let's create this safe environment where we give you all the tools that you need to know. And Mary can list a lot of those things for you, but that's where that came from is just safe, supportive environment, really focusing on mentoring people so that a writer in any stage of their career knows everything that they need to know about how to build their brand and market effectively.
3: Yeah. One of the things that I do in my day job is, you know, I do branding packages for people where they get a logo. I train them on a lot of the different um, the social media platforms that they choose. And um, and so it's, it's like a whole packet. It, by the time they're done, they walk away and they have all of the foundational steps, um, in place that they need to start really understanding how to market themselves. They've got their brand in place. And I, I charge 600 bucks a pop for that per person, but what we decided to do is put together this, you know, four week course that is intensive. It's all virtual. Um, and people can, if they can't show up live, then they can watch them for, um, I think everything's available for the the month following. Um, But basically to go, let's take what I already do for people and let's expand that to what 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 they to what i don't even have time to teach people right so it's like let's take everything that we do not just to teach people but actually what we do for a writer sanctuary and how we've grown that so for an example is that a year ago uh last april we of 2022 our i think our instagram following we had 1250 mm-hmm. followers And as of today, um, this morning, I think, or yesterday, we're at 16,000 followers. And that was intentional on our part to grow that. At this point, we gain between 50 to 100 followers a day, whether we're posting or not. Um, simply because that's the momentum that we've built. and we have under we've learned and we understand the algorithms. we understand how to use the hashtags. we understand the apps to use all of those types of things. We understand now what an audience is going to want, what they're not going to want. We're gonna um so with that in mind, our goal is always for us not to be following the trends, but simply to either number one, set the trend, or else to be doing something that day in, day out, it's going to produce results, no matter what the tr- what trends change. Because a lot of the frustration that I'd seen with different clients and even with myself over the years was that marketing is a little bit like throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? Like you throw it and you hope something sticks, but you're wasting a lot of time in the meantime collecting the spaghetti to throw against the wall to know what. And so our thought was let's actually prepare something that is far more glorified than what I offer one-on-one, um, where we can sit down together and just go, okay, we're gonna take you guys for four weeks and we're going to take you through, um, you know, newsletters, websites, SEO algorithms, Pinterest, TikTok, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and basically teach people here's the heart of your message and here's the heart of how you do marketing. So that no matter what platforms change, no matter what algorithms change, the actual ability to market and knowing what to market and what to post that that is never going to change, right? That is going to stay the same once you understand that. And it has for us for years, like that hasn't changed over my marketing for years. And then in the midst of that, teach them how to then build a loyal following and a community, whether they've already got books out or they don't have a book yet out, you can still build a community. And that's such a powerful thing because it's something that they're going to go with you no matter what you write, no matter what, um, genre or age group you switch up in, whether you decide you're doing indie, you know, or traditional or maybe both hybrid. So our goal was simply to go, let's help So we're going to sit down and help authors brand themselves. We're going to help them know what to post and how to batch posts. But more than that, the goal is, is that for them to have, understand how to have a long-term marketing um, effective brand author career and in the midst of that, um, be able to hands-on do it so that they can get feedback from us, as CJ said, right then and there to go, okay, this is actually how you want to rewrite that bio or here are how Instagrams, um, you know, or TikToks or whatever, like here's how their not just their algorithms work, but here's how their SEO works. And here's what's going to boost you to where you are gaining 50, to hundred followers a day, no matter what platform you're on. Um, so one of the things that we're doing, we we just announced this in as in our secret r- red herring society, but we haven't announced it publicly yet. Um, but we are about ready to do that, and so we'll announce it here. But um, one of the things we've done is we're bringing in um, the publicist who, basically, she was Ariana Grande's publicist, and she made her famous. She took her from you know cute Ariana with no speaking lines in TV shows to what she is today. Um, this publicist has also um was a huge part of uh nicholas spark's career and um you know so she's done it on all fronts but basically an entertainment publicist whether it's books singers uh whatever what have you so we've we are bringing her in she will be i'm um, doing a session with our and with with our um uh with the the group and uh specifically the lux uh, teach teachings and she's just a powerhouse. So I know people are going to be excited about her. We're excited about her. She's just absolutely lovely, but knows her business. So our goal is always just to reach above and beyond and go, okay, how can we give you access to stuff that again, we wish we had had access to and access to people that we wish we had had access to. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, we're excited about it. I I yeah. cannot wait to just, I can't wait to see authors feel that they have more confidence and more control over their careers because what I see so often, and I've been there myself before, where you feel helpless, you feel at the mercy of agents or at the mercy of publishers or the mercy of bookstores or, you know, and and you just feel like you can only write and hope somebody likes it. But actually there's so much more power that authors hold. And when they understand that and they're able to start walking walking in that, um, what happens is, is they begin to dictate what happens in their career. They begin to be presented with opportunities that they can choose, you know, to go with or not. And, um, and they, they just open up so many doors, but essentially they get to be in charge and in control. And that's really what we want from them. And so that's our goal with this class and what they'll be getting from it.
2: Yeah. And to piggyback off of that really quickly, um, Sometimes people think, oh, well, you know, if you're an indie author, of course, you have a lot of marketing to do because you bear the whole burden of the marketing. And that's true. You are um, one fish in a pond of millions of fish and, you know, on Amazon, especially. And it takes work to have a strategy that rises, you know, your name and your books and everything into where readers are connecting with you. But there's been this sort of sense that, well, if you're traditionally published, then you have the publisher doing quite a bit of marketing. They'll give you a marketing plan and things like that. And that's true-ish. They will give you a marketing plan. Um, not all marketing plans are created equal. And this isn't me speaking poorly of a publisher or any any publisher at all. But the truth is, is that there will be a handful of books that will have three pages of marketing plan and the publisher will throw everything at those, at those books. And then there will be all the other books that are in that catalog that get something. They get a, a cover. They get uh, pitched for if it's kids book, school library. Uh, they get pitched for indie stores. They get pitched for Barnes and Noble. Um, maybe they the author maybe gets pitched for some interviews or maybe gets pitched to events. They don't really tell you a lot of times if they're going to pitch you for anything. You just it's it's a fun guessing game. We all love. we call
3: it we call it publishing. Spin the bottle.
2: (laughs) It is. is. Um, And and, you know, there's a lot of publishing is one of those where there's a lot of people that are on the team and the team as a whole. And those individuals, Mm -hmm. they all want the best for every author and they all want the best for every book. But there's only so much budget and the budget is just it is what it is. So I actually was in a, at a film festival and at the film festival, it was a, a film, an indie film festival. The book was, or the film was based on a book and they had the senior editor from a very big publisher there with the author to talk about the process of how this book became a film. And so I was in there, I was listening to her talk and somebody asked her a marketing question and she just, she paused and she just said, look, the truth that nobody wants to say is we don't know what sells books anymore. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Everything has changed and shifted and we don't know. And, you know, unfortunately at this point, our best guess is that every individual author, whether they're published with us or somebody else, is responsible for at least 88% of their marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think at this point, that was like four or five years ago, 88% is a generous number now. At this point, I think that we're responsible for about 95%. So it's really important no matter whether you're traditionally published, you're indie published, you're not published yet. This is what you need. You need Lux. You need these skills so that you have a sense of control over your destiny. And as we know, publishing is a marathon, not a sprint. You can't hang all of your hopes on one book and you shouldn't. What you can do is you can build and build and build. You can put a nice, strong foundation for your brand and you can continuously build on that brand. That's what we want to help people do. We want our authors feeling super empowered super like hey i've got this full toolbox and i know how to use all of this and our algorithms going to shift and change and trends shift and change yes but are these basic principles going to shift no so we're ready to go out there and it doesn't matter if our book was chosen or not we know how to build
0: mm-hmm. I love that. So we usually ask this at the end, but I think now is a great place to put this in. How do people sign up? What is it too late? Like what's the the process? (laughs) Obviously that depends on when we release this, but we're going to get it out soon so that there's still time. (laughs) It's
2: not too late. You can go to our website, which is the-writers-sanctuary.com and go to the events page. However, I will say, because there's such a strong mentorship component, we did limit tickets. And at the moment we have 14 left. So I would hop on that. Um, And I will also let you know, we are offering a payment plan. So, you know, don't be daunted. Let us work with you. We've got a payment plan there with PayPal. We don't want any author to miss out on, Mm -hmm. on what you need in order to make this into a career.
0: I think that's awesome. Uh, so we will definitely have all of that listed in our show notes. We encourage you guys to go check it out. Um, I love your guys's website. Super fun. So much information there uh, with all the things that you do. I think there's, there's another class too going on, right? Like soon. Maybe, or did I miss it? Maybe that was was last week. Last week. Yeah, there was a class
2: last week. But we also have the university on our site, which our Red Herring Society members get free access to. But we do have free webinars you can take. um, And then we have super affordable webinars that you can take on a plethora of subjects. And so, yeah, we are, again, our heart is what do you need? Okay, then let's do that. Let's figure this out with you. Let's provide that for you in this safe and supporting environment where. Um, There's no sense of hierarchy here. Mm -hmm. We're no different, except that we have more experience. So Mm -hmm. let us help you to get that experience.
0: We love that. All right. We're going to end it off with a bang with our lightning round. So I just collected some questions that I thought might be fun. You guys can answer each of them if you would. Um, First, let's start off with having you name a few books or just one uh, that you're reading right now.
3: I am in between, this is Mary, I'm in between books. Um, I just wrapped up reading The Guest List by Lucy Foley. And it was probably my favorite book, uh, adult book that I've read this year. It was fantastic. And <clears throat> in all fairness, I should say I didn't read it. I listened to the audiobook, but the audiobook was fantastic. The narrator was amazing. So um, my next on my list is actually another book of hers. So I'm looking forward to it.
2: Nice. Okay, I have three books for that answer. One is I just finished reading One Dark Window by Rachel Gillig, and it is an adult fantasy. It reads a little bit more like a YA fantasy. The magic system was so intriguing. I love. I just was so, I then I got to the end and was like, oh, dang it. First book in a series that got me. But I think the second book is out now. I think it's called The Shepherd King. So obviously I need to go down to my bookstore and pick that up. It's a gorgeous book inside and out. Another one that I love, if any of you love really dark, twisty, psychological thrillers, (laughs) you have to get How I'll Kill You by Ren DiStefano. It is so, (laughs) like, it will break you in ways that you can't even imagine it's so it's so good okay I started it I,
0: so should I keep going oh, I just have a yes. hard should. time with it I'm like yes it's I just you posted should. about this actually because I was like I'm really liking it it's very well written mm-hmm. but the concept is a little hard to take and so I'm like I don't know if it's worth it to push through so it you're is, saying I should yeah. push through it is hard okay you should it's
2: a psychological thriller but you trust the author okay I'll do, I'll do it I'll do it I know yeah
0: I think I
3: think she she borders on ruining the rom-com for everybody ever and yet you'll be glad you read it yeah. <laughs> Yes.
2: That's awesome. okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I know it's very much like it's a rom com, but with murder. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. There's blood. Um, also, the last book I have to give a shout out because I just read an advanced copy. I don't mm-hmm. know when this comes yeah. out, actually, maybe in the fall. It <clears throat> is Find Me Where You Left Me Dead. Is yeah. it? I'm looking up yes, here. Okay. That's right. Find Him. Find Him, Find where, him where You where... Left Him Dead mm-hmm. by Kristen Simmons. And it is this it's like if Jumanji and. Uh, Japanese mythology and Pokemon cards all had a baby. Ooh. It would be, it and like, it's not for the faint of heart. You it is dark. You have to be okay with a level of darkness and grizzly gore. But the heart of it is these incredible relationships between these, these four, five friends, really, that have been completely fractured after one of them died years ago because they were all somewhere they shouldn't have been. And they lied to cover it up. And then they, you know... Went their separate ways and their friendship dissolved. And then they all start seeing him on the fifth anniversary of his death. And they come back to the place where he died and things happen and they get sucked into this thing. Um, but the relationships are so you're just the whole time. You're like, Oh, please heal. Oh, please heal. I want the, Oh, it was so good.
0: sounds
1: yeah. amazing. So good. <laughs> We're like
0: adding to our list as we do. Yeah, yeah. Kristen <laughs> is
3: just a brilliant writer and yeah, yeah
0: just that sounds super fun. All Mm -hmm. right. So for vacation beach or the mountains or something in between, (laughs) I mean,
2: up until, up until a couple of years ago, my answer was instantly the beach, but then I just went and moved to the beach. So I guess for me, um, vacation would be, I love, I do love the mountains, but honestly vacation for me, I think that I would rather go to like a destination that I really want to explore whatever that happens. This to be.
3: this is where CJ and I are the same. She lives on the East coast beach. I live on the West coast beach, <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but it's the destination. I, anything historical old history, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to explore it. So, um, my family, you know, for years was like, why let's do that. And I'm like, no, let's go to some place that has like, you know, dead people and graves and monuments. And so that's, that's what it's about.
0: Totally. All right. Let's see, what are your favorite, well, let's limit it to one, favorite trope. Just one, you
2: monster. (laughs) I know, I'm (laughs) I'm evil. (laughs) You've been taking lessons from Mary. Oh my gosh.
0: I know, it's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, enemies to lovers.
3: I was just gonna That's... say the same thing. Enemies That's to like lovers. You copied
0: me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I got such that a good one. <laughs> um, this one would be a little harder. And I just thought of it today. And I was gonna ask you guys if you could give your younger selves one piece of advice, what would it be? That's probably the hardest question that I have on mm-hmm. here. The rest are pretty easy.
2: That is a really good question.
0: I
3: think for me it would be um th- uh Sorry, you're probably going to have to edit that pause out, That's huh? It's right. okay. <laughs> so, I think for me, it would be that there's a difference between writing and publishing and understanding that the writing side is the creativity and that, you know, the, where the spark happens, but that publishing is very much a business and that it behooves authors and it would have behooved me um, early on to understand that difference because I think that it would help. Um, it would have given me more confidence but it also would have helped things not feel quite so heartbreaking right because you're so tied into the creative side of you're writing this masterpiece and then the publishing side you don't understand any part of that world and so you're like why are they rejecting me and you know says the says the girl that had 87 rejections before she got published and 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 so i think just understanding and taking the time to to learn both of those at that time Um, I would have felt more empowered and more confident moving ahead to go, okay, let me understand how publishing works. And then let me also enjoy the writing craft. Because now when I come to the table, um, it's a little less maybe crushing and it's a little bit less frustrating because you understand how to switch gears and pivot and work in both of those worlds Mm -hmm. and be able to get the most out of both of those worlds.
0: That's good.
2: That is really good. I wasn't thinking in terms of publishing. I was thinking more in terms of life advice, oh, but no. um, it it can apply anywhere. And I think that if I could go back and give advice to myself, I would say to trust my instincts. Yeah. And I was thinking relationally, you know, 100%. there are times in the past where I I hung on too long to a friendship because I'm so committed to being loyal and so committed to being a good friend long after it, it really turned toxic and painful mm-hmm. for me. And that I needed to, when I see red flags in people, it's okay to back up. Mm -hmm. They're not, they don't have to be, they're not, I didn't give birth to them. Therefore, they're not my problem. And I think the same thing is true though. Trusting your instincts in, in writing because your instinct can kind of be drummed out of you a little bit. There's a lot of, there's a lot of soul crushing stuff that can come along with a publishing career. And so being able to trust your instinct to say, no, this is the story I want to tell. And if I have to frame it a little differently in order for it to sell, okay, but this is this is the line mm-hmm. that I don't want to cross because I love this. Or to say, hmm, actually, I think that this might be a good community for me over here. I think I want to switch genres. I did that and got published. I had been rejected all over the place for three different manuscripts mm-hmm. before I switched genres um, with my agent and then sold the book. <laughs> and so... I you know, and I think there's something a lot of our audience is female. If I can just speak to that element, yeah. there's something
3: If you didn't, I was so, going to.
2: <laughs> I know. Preach. I saw your face. There's such a strong sense in our culture that that women's instincts
3: mm-hmm.
2: should not be that we should swallow that in the in the face of being polite, in the face of being nice and kind and not offending anybody not upsetting anybody not coming across angry not coming And never never day. assuming never assume the worst of people you know yes yeah, rummed exactly. into us um and you know i think one of the things that mary and i both have in common is we've learned to trust our instincts we've learned to pivot but we also have learned to just embrace the fact we're super ambitious women And we make no apology for that. We're really ambitious women. You've seen what you see right now from the writer's sanctuary. We are so proud of it and we love it. And that is, you just wait. That's nothing. You wait and and see what we're going to do. And the same thing with our publishing career and the stories that we want to tell. And there's so much room for us to trust our instincts, to be who we are. You don't have to step on other people in order to do that. And we've sort of internalized this message that to take up the space that you naturally take in the world and to value yourself and your skills automatically means that you are then somehow draining that from somebody else. And that's ridiculous. You're not. Um, You can be a healthy, vibrant, non-toxic person and still have your boundaries and be respectful towards yourself and expect respect from other people. And that is a key component of how Mary and I work together as friends mm-hmm. and as business partners. I mean we're always respectful towards each other. Again, uh, you know, chicken candy nonwithstanding, but we are always respectful towards each other. But we we're sounding boards for each other. I can't tell you how many times we because we talk almost every day, we will say, can I just can I read this to you? Because this is raising a red flag for me. Am I am I right in feeling upset here? Cause I feel like this is and the other person can go, oh, yes, you're right. You're upset because of X, Y, and Z. Or actually, I don't think they meant it that way. I can see why you're upset. It's really good to have that sounding board. But we trust each other with that because we've we've both grown to the point where we've learned how to trust our instincts.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. such good answers. I love it. Did you have something else to add, Mary?
3: Just, I think if I could hop on the end of that and say something to other writers, my that just give some advice to other writers. It would simply be that there's not an end end date on publishing. I think mm-hmm. the number one thing that we see. Um, that we ex- we both experienced early on, but also that we see with writers now is this stress of, oh my gosh, you know, life has happened. Um, I'm, you know, someone's in the middle of a divorce or their kids have an illness or just they've been so busy or they're caretakers for a parent and they think that somehow the publishing world is going to pass them by. And especially as women and um, as parents, you know, we we run into that where people just think like, you know, I didn't get it done this year, or they take a pause. Like I've been on um, a mini pause with my writing stuff and I've just slowed down. And I think there's this automatic assumption from outside that, oh no, people will look at you and they'll think that, you know, you're, you're done. You were the one hit wonder or whatever. And, or you never really got started. You claim to be a writer, but then, you know, for some people it's like, but we never saw you publish. And I just wanted to add to what CJ was saying is that that's not the case at all. You know, I mean, and for me, I can remember, um, with meeting a very, 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 well respected and well known publisher, um, my very first writers' conference. And they said, I said something about writing YA, and they looked at me and they said, Well, how old are you? And I said, I'm 34. And they said, Well, you better hurry because your audience, you're pretty soon you'll be too old for your audience. And I, uh, and it made me paranoid, you know, cause I was newbie. I didn't know anything about the publishing world. Now I just laugh at that. Like, you know, like, are you kidding me? Um, some of my favorite teen, you know, teen writers, writers for teens are in their sixties and seventies. So I, I don't buy that, but I think that, 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 that gets drilled into people and they get afraid of that. And so I would just, I would just say that, you know, publishing is always going to be there. And in fact, it's new inroads are being made all the time. And so you publishing will wait for you. You do life, you do what you have to do, and um, you can always get back to it at any time.
0: That's good. Well, you guys answered my, my final question, which is one piece of writing advice, but I think you just gave us like a tome in a great, great way. So I'll ask one last fun question. Um, What is, let me, I'm trying to decide because I have multiple here. I'll just pick one. Um let's go with what's one non-bookish hobby that you guys have?
3: Baking. I working in my yard and baking. that's that's like my uh, my family all knows if I've had a stressful day or I'm tired that I'll be in there baking cookies. and they they do appreciate that. but baking. It just there's something about it. It just grounds me, right? Like, no matter what else is going on in the world, it's like you can just go and, you know, go in my sunlit kitchen and I can just bake away and you're kind of left alone with your thoughts. That's usually where I dream up how to Uh, I do a lot of plotting while I'm cooking or baking. And so that's usually where I dream up how to kill people off of my novels. But I also also just love being out. You know, I live in California. I love being out in the sun and in my Mm -hmm. yard. And just, I think it's the idea of creating something. So Mm -hmm. if I'm not going to create it in a book, I'm going to create it in other areas.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it is going to the movies. I love going to the theater and having that experience in the theater. And then also seashell hunting. My mom and my sister also love it. And one of my daughters, we love to go walk up and down long stretches of our local beach and find seashells. And um, they all make things. I've made a couple crafts. I'm not very crafty in general, um, but I just love to to have them around. So I'll have gatherings of shells just around my house and just kind of bringing that
0: that nature in. Mm. Wow, uh, that's wonderful. I I love all of the things you guys said. So I like to do them too. <laughs> Although the nearest beach now is pretty far away for me, so <laughs> to wait till I visit my parents back home in California. But uh, finally, I know that you guys are writers on your own right as well. So can you tell us where our listeners can also find you individually, and where they can purchase your guys's books?
2: Yes, you can follow me on Instagram, CJ Redwine. And you can find my books wherever you'd like to find books. If it's not there, just request that they can order. All of them are in print, or you can, of course, buy them online.
3: And um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Mary author, or my website is maryweber.com. That's with one B, because I always get asked. And um you can find my books wherever they're sold as well um libraries if and same with cj if if you can't find it somewhere then go ahead and request it and they will get it for you so thanks everybody thanks ladies for having us
1: this was really fun yeah thank you you thanks a lot of fun thank you so much for listening to this episode of exploring the blank page You can support this podcast by clicking the support button at anchor.fm slash exploring the blank page, or by subscribing on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Instagram at exploring the blank page podcast and individually at Kristen Crumb and at create, explore, read until next time, stay safe and get creative exploring the possibility of your blank page.